0: You know, I tell you, and I totally agree with that. You know, the same spirit that's in Pastor Art, same spirit that's in Alfred, same spirit that's in me. Now we're convinced that God is Mexican. Come on now. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Viva la raza. He's even showing video. uh, I mean, you know, with the one guy who was fighting that with Julio Chavez or something like that, or Cesar Chavez, I'm sorry. Oh, man. Amen. I'll tell you this theme, cross over, We're gonna beat this to death. Amen. Come on. I mean, we're I mean, we're hitting it on every different angle and perspective. And, and so that's what I want to do this morning. Uh, just want to kind of deal with this in, in a different uh perspective and um just just encourage us, but also to I say spiritual pimp slap you. Come on, amen. Sometimes we need that, amen. Sometimes we need a little wake up call, amen. Come out. Amen. Now we're awake. Okay. (laughs) Hallelujah. Now the theme of this conference is, uh, is an excellent challenge to change. And let me say it this way is that your life doesn't get better by chance, but it gets better by change. And to be honest, you know, the older we get, we don't want change. Are you with me here? We're not looking for change. We're not always in search of change. I mean, the older you get, it just seems like you want to be, you know, in that comfort zone. You want to stay where you're at. You got it all going. It's on automatic mode. Amen. You preach from a laptop. Come on now. See, the command to cross over threatens our comfort zone. Let me say it this way. Our spiritual heating pad. Crossover can easily be viewed as a journey of faith or a leap of faith in our walk with God. But this afternoon, I want to talk about and focus on our spiritual crossover. This is a starting point. It'll help us navigate deeper into the will of God. And, and the will of God is not just an independent experience, but we have to understand being in the will of God is being part of the plan of God. Amen. There's no Lone Rangers. Come on. Are we, are are you with me here? Amen. We know Lone Ranger had Tonto. Amen. So he was in, and also Batman had Robin. All right. So we understand that we're going to go to Colossians chapter one, starting at verse nine, uh, chapter one, verse nine. And we're going to be going over to verse 13 through this text. And I want you to see something that because Paul is celebrating the salvation of these pagans, you might say, he's excited about what God's done, but he's giving them some instruction. And also we see a revelation of his prayer for them what to have. And and I hope that we can absorb this as well in our lives. Verse 9 says for this cause we also since the day we heard it talking about his salvation their salvation we do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with all, with um the knowledge of his will somebody say his will. his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding verse 10 that you might for this reason that you might walk worthy of the lord unto all pleasing being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of god Come on, know it all. Come on, you with me? Verse 11 says, strengthen with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long suffering. In other words, if you're looking for a, a deep meaning of long suffering in the Greek, it means suffering long. All right. With joyfulness. Verse 12, giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us to meet, uh, to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in life. And here's the kicker, verse 13, it says, who has delivered us. Come on, has somebody been delivered? Amen. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Amen the definition of translation translate it means to transpose transfer remove from one place to another a change of situation and that's what happened when we got saved this is what happened spiritually. So Paul is saying, I want you to get this spiritual understanding. I want you to know what happened to you when you gave your lives to the Lord. I want you to get this revelation when you got saved. Because there was a lot of spiritual activity going on when you and I got saved. Now in the flesh, not much. and the outside, not much of a change. Not much of a rattle. But in the invisible realm, there was a fanfare. I mean, think about this. The only reason that there's a party in heaven is not because of the songs we sing or the scriptures we quote, but when a sinner repents, when a sinner repents, that's the only reason for the fanfare. That's the only reason they party in heaven. Amen. Think about that. Now we went from one place to another when we got saved. From the children of wrath to a citizen in heaven, sitting in heavenly places. Do you know where you're sitting right now? Come on, are you with me here? Are you getting the spiritual understanding where you are sitting right now? Now, Paul, he reveals something to um, to King Agrippa in his mission of translation. He says in Acts 26, 18, he says, this is my mission to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan under God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them, which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Are you seeing the same message that he's saying to the Colossian church? He's opening their eyes, and God wants to open our eyes that we spiritually already crossed over. This is very important. John chapter 5, verse 24. Uh, Jesus says these words that he says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He who, who hears my word, believes on him that sent me, has everlasting life, shall not come into condemnation, has passed from death unto life. We crossed over, right? I hope so. Come on now. You know, because this is so important. It already happened. It's not just a prayer of salvation or filling out a membership card. It's it's Jesus is passing out rings and robes, church. Come on. That's what he's doing. Titus chapter 3 verse 5 says this, that the spiritual crossover was without our religious works not by works of righteousness which we have done but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the holy ghost amen This is what takes place. So when people say, I can't serve God, you're right. You can't serve God without God. Amen. But with God, you can serve him. Amen. There is a transformation in our life. There is a crossing over. There's no way that God expects a sinner, you know, to serve him. There's no way. There has to be a transformation. There has to be a spiritual crossover and there has to be a revelation of that. Ephesians 2, 3 and 4, these uh, chapter 2, verse 3 and 4 says, in this evidence of crossing over, as Brother Alfred was talking about, about our behavior, we no longer do what we used to do. Come on now. Amen. Among whom also we had our lifestyles in time past, in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh. Those are the most important, I mean the most dangerous people on the face of the earth fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as others but God. Verse 4, Who is rich in mercy for his love wherewith he loved us. Do you see the change there? So we don't do what we used to do anymore. Amen? We don't do what we used to do anymore. Romans chapter 12. I'm just establishing here this crossover. Because if we don't get this revelation, this spiritual understanding, it's just going to be a motivational speech. Crossing over affects our walk. But I want you to see something here also. We no longer think the way we used to think. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. And then he says, which is your reasonable service? Verse 2, do not be conformed to this world. But be transformed, are you seeing the uh, crossover here? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? That you may prove, that I may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. See, spiritual understanding is for that very reason, for the will of God. And this is what it's about. Crossing over has everything to do with the will of God. Now, like I said earlier, this crossing over stuff. Could just be received as a motivational thought or a theological persuasion. We might say, "Well, I'm born again, doctrinally." Hello, I'm uh, I'm saved, uh, sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit, doctrinally. If this spiritual revelation or understanding is not a reality in our lives, we will always remain in a cave with a soft room light. We never get out of our cave. We never get out to what God wants us to do. Romans 13, 11 through 14 says crossing over affects our walk and what we wear. And what we wear. Now, you might look at that as the flesh, but I'm, talk- I'm still on the spiritual side. And do this, verse 11, knowing that the time is now is high time to awake out of our sleep, get out of the cave, For now our salvation is nearer than we first believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Verse 13, let us walk properly. There's that word again. As in the day, not in and drunkenness or lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy. Verse 14, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. So here we see a transformation in our lives. See, crossing over from the kingdom of man to the kingdom of God is essential. We cannot just be Sunday cross dressers. See, are we transformed or are we just trans? Come on now. Are we just identifying as the body of Christ? I just identify as the body of Christ, but man, you smell like man, you stank. Come on, I've been to a lot of locker rooms, Amen. Hey, man, you stank like man. Come on now, I remember one of the times I visited here in, in, uh, in Las Vegas and some big old six foot something creature came out of the hotel, you know, with high heels, you know, it was like Chewbacca in high heels, you know, and just coming out and look sexy for a second there, you know, like, you know what what is that? You know and, and then passed by me. I was like, "Woo! Man, that is man 110%. Man, I couldn't get that out of my mind. It was crazy. Come on now. And sometimes that's how we are in the body of Christ. Are you with me here? We identify. We're we're not transformed. We're just trans. Are you with me here? There's got to be a crossover. There's got to be a spiritual crossover in our lives. Reality in the spiritual realm, we're styling, folks. This is what's really happening. You're styling with bling bling. Come on. Amen. You're styling with bling bling in the spiritual realm. Crossing over is taking off the old suit first before, before putting on the new suit. We're trying to put Jesus over the old suit. He said, cast off the works of darkness, cast it off. Amen. And then put on the new suit and watch, it'll fit. Amen. It'll fit. See, this crossover comes with perks, but a lot of believers are still walking in their grave clothes or should we say prison garbs? Why? Because of lack of spiritual understanding. Many believers are still act like they're still in Egypt. I've been there. Amen. You know, we always say, well, you know, you know, you can get out of the ghetto, but can't get the ghetto out of you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but the reality is, is that God can do that when there's a crossover. See, we accept bondage and listen to me, the new generation of believers seem just to settle for perpetual forgiveness rather than victorious freedom. I know how it is to live in bondage as a Christian and I know how it is to be free, amen, and I choose to be free, but every time there's excuses after excuses after excuses because you haven't crossed over, oh I don't know, so and so backslid, you know what my my answer to that is, maybe they never frontslid, amen, come on. See, this is preparing us for 101 crossover. Crossover and the will of God. Crossover and the will of God. I want to go back to our text, Colossians 1, 9 through 10, because I want you to see what Paul is saying here. This is so key, folks. I'll tell you, I mean, you know, uh, being part of a church sometimes, like, I'm just part of a community that loves me. And that's as far as they go. And they still live the same way. I mean Monday through Saturday it's the same as anybody else but just Sunday you sing songs and you listen, listen to a sermon that just doesn't seem for you not re- because you're not receiving it and getting the revelation from it you just it, it just makes you feel good so then you have a movement that's trying to get people to feel good in church because that's all they're coming for there's no change there's no transformation Folks, I'm telling you, this is is something that we got to cross over. Because if we don't, we'll never navigate the will of God. Amen. We'll never navigate it. We'll never know what's going on in our lives. We're just kind of like going with the flow. Hello. Now, verse 9 says, For this cause, we also, since the days we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of His will. Folks, I'll tell you, this is a responsibility that all of us need to have is the knowledge of God's will in our lives. Now, I I so appreciate uh, Rob Sanchez. I've known him for, I mean, over 20 something years. But I'll tell you, you know, some Christians are so stinking lazy. Give me a word. Give me a word. You know what I'm saying? You know, I remember one guy came up to him and said, you know, uh, I really feel that you have a, a word for me. And he goes, I don't got a word for you. If I had a word for you, I'd give it to you, but I don't have a word for you. You know, I mean, what I would have said, well, you got 50 bucks. I got a word for you. <laughs> but people are so lazy. They want, you know what I'm saying? Just give me a word. Give me a word. You know what? The thing is that when he ever does give a word, it should not be a surprise. It should be a confirmation. Of God's will in your life, because you're in tune with God's will. So if you want you want a word from Prophet Rob? You know you want that word. Well, you know what? You need to seek God for the will of God in your life, so He can give you some confirmation. That's what He brings—is confirmation, folks. It's not winning the spiritual lotto. Come on, like really, that's going to happen? That's going to happen? No, when He gives me a word, I said, "Praise God, I'm right on track." Hallelujah, Amen. So I give him sixty bucks. Now, he says that we might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And verse 10, that we might walk. Why? That we might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. All for the will of God, folks. All for the will of God. We're crossing over. All for the will of God. So I'm going to give you nine different points. Real quick. (laughs) Crossing over is all about the will of God. That's what it's about. And I'm going to exercise my gift of wisdom. I have a gift of wisdom. I'm not boasting about it. I know my gifts. And my gifts are to edify you. And I hope you would think the same way. Hello. And if you don't know what your gift is, ask somebody. They'll tell you right away. Come on. They'll tell you what your gift is. See, if we were to walk in our gifts, operate in our gifts, come to church, activating our gifts, imagine how we can edify the body of Christ. Come on. Let's get some spiritual things going on in here. Amen. People come up to me and say, pastor, will you pray for so-and-so? She's sick. She needs a healing. I say, okay. Hey, sis, somebody who has the gifts of healing. Can you pray for this person? And they look at me all offended. Like, pastor, you're not going to pray? Well, I don't know. Do you want to get healed? <laughs> Just because I'm not the pastor, that doesn't mean I have, I have all the gifts. Come on. Sometimes they think that, oh man, he's had uh, so many spiritual gifts. He has gifts that God don't even know of. <laughs> But the reality is that I, I have no problem with saying I do have a gift of wisdom. God's given me a gift of wisdom, also experience. Over thirty-five years of pastoring, hard knocks, amen, and an amazing wife, amen, who just speaks into our lives, amen, and just amen, and and a woman of wisdom, amen. I'm I'm all around it. So I want to give this to you to edify you. So it won't take very long. First of all, uh, the 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 crossing over, number one, is prompt by God. It is His doing. If we are not in tune with His will, and let me say it, our purpose, then we'll never experience that prompting. We will remain ignorant in our place. Some people just settle right where they're at. They're just settled right where they're at. They're just because they're ignorant that God wants to do something in their lives. But for some reason, they're not tuned in. They're busy with life, busy with all that's going on in their lives. And they never hear the prompting or the shoving that God is putting in their lives. They're just frustrated. Has to be prompted. Number two, it is only by invitation. The, the crossing over is by invitation. Just because we're motivated to go does not mean that you are allowed to go. Jesus said, let us go to the other side. Jesus said to John, the beloved, come up hither. It's an invitation by the Holy Spirit. The invitation of God calling you to come because he's opened a door that no man can shut. Can you say amen? He's opened a gateway for you and I. But if he didn't do it, then you're going to experience a brick wall. Hello. And so many have done that because somebody else did it. Oh, somebody else said, I guess I'll do it. And they, and they try to cross over, you might say, into destiny, into, into following something, and they end up not going through. Number three, it's always with his presence. Moses refused to go without him. God told him, let's go. We're going to go here. If you don't go, Lord, I'm not going. We got to be strict like that. We got to, and a lot of people would ask me, how do I know I'm in the will of God? One of the things I would say, how do you feel? Do you feel the presence of God? Yeah. And he's all in it too. But if you don't feel the presence of God, don't go, don't do it. Well, maybe if I do it, then he'll bless it. Woo. That's one of the biggest mistakes. They'll just, oh, I'll just go ahead and go for it. And God will work it out later. Hello. Hello. I'm not saying you always feel the presence of God, but you know what, you just know when you're close to Him, you're moving with Him, not in front of Him, you're moving with Him, you're joining Him in what He's doing, and so it's always with His presence, He's always in the boat. Number four, I'm sorry, yeah, number four, it's always after, listen to this, a completed assignment or task. Crossing over. The reason we're not allowed to is because you're not done yet. You haven't finished what he told you in the beginning. Can I say disobedient? Sometimes we're disobedient. We're so busy. He told us to do something. You know, and we go through perpetually the same old trial. Why? Because we didn't learn it the first time. So you're gonna keep on going through the same old trial. Could be your finances, could be your your relationships, whatever it might be in your life. You're always in that situation, why? Because you didn't learn the first time. Come on, you don't gotta tell me twice. Are you with me here? And so a lot of times, we have not completed the assignment or the task ahead of us, and so it's not over. And let me just say this, it's not a testing ground. Before the crossover, um, or before the crossover was the preparation so we understand that there's a preparation now Elijah he man just did an amazing thing I mean you know call fire from heaven he just slaughtered a whole bunch of bow priests and then he gets word that Jezebel said I'm going to do to you what you did to my priest and he went running for days all by himself and he ends up in a cave and he wants to cross over remember that I can't live no more. I'm no better than my fathers. Let me die. He, this guy's crying out to cross over. I want to cross over. And God says to him after he speaks to him, has that, uh, that experience, you know, the, the the wind and the whisper and all that stuff. And God gets him back on track. You know what he says to him? He goes, go back the way you came. Why is he saying that? Because he's not done. He ran, he got tripped out, he, he worried, he full of fear and God sometimes when we do that, God's going to say, go back the way you came. Go back the way you came, you're not done, I'm not done with you, you're not done with the task or the assignment, go anoint so-and-so, come on, are you with me church, amen? And sometimes God has, and we don't want to go back, we don't want to go back, but we got to go back the way we came so we can finish it and when we finish it, we're ready to cross over. Number five, in going, not talking just spiritually, but I'm going in destiny, from this perspective, it's always a one-way ticket, it's not a round-way trip. Are you with me here? It's a burning of bridges, never to go back. If we're going to cross over, we're going to cross over. Amen. Remember the story of that one general? He burned all those ships. He made it a way that there's no way we're going back. And sometimes we have to determine that if God is going to cross over. And I, and I believe that your pastor has heard from God the prompting. He's heard, he's heard from God to cross over, take this church, to cross over, to take the land. I don't think he wants to come back today to how it is today. I don't think he has any plans of saying, well, we're just going to go for it and just see what happens. No, we're crossing over, folks. Amen. And we're going to burn the bridge behind us. If that's not the case, then when God divided the Red Sea, he, why would he close it up? He closed that baby up. <laughs> Amen. So we're going to do this. We're going to do this. It's a one way ticket. And I love the way somebody said it. You're going to leave your junk behind. Amen. Come on. Never to go back. Number six. Are you guys still with me here? It is not the beginning of a new thing. I'm, I'm sorry. It, crossing over is the beginning of a new thing. Not the continuation of an old thing. It's a new place. Place you've never been for before. It's not a stopping point. But a stepping stone. This is what crossing over is. It's a new thing something you have never done before you've never experienced before come on come on old saints amen i i I believe that god has some new things for us amen amen when we cross over we're going to go to some territory and go whoa i've never i've never been here before i mean this is crazy but this is good amen and also crossing over is not it's not just uh horizontal but it's also vertical because your outlook will affect your outlook. And sometimes we have to have that, you know, we, we want to cross over, but we don't have that strong relationship with God. But when you have that relationship with God, that vertical crossover, you're having that relationship with God. You're going to begin to see things the way he sees them. And you're going to know when to cross over. Amen. Are you with me church? Come on, think about this. It is vertical. It is vertical as well. It is horizontal. Number eight, crossing over. It is filled with new battles and new victories. Or we hear you hear in Praise Chapel, new levels and new devils. <laughs> Amen. Okay, there's battles, but there's victories. Look at what happened with Joshua. Right when he went into the promised land. Battle after battle after battle. But victory after victory after victory. Amen. Of course there's going to be a confrontation. You're going into a place that has a stronghold. You're going into a place that is territorial. The devil is very territorial. And you're going to come in and he's going to chest bump you. He's going to distract you. He's going to try to do everything. And, and sometimes we, we think that, you know what? Wow, what's going on? I must not be in the will of God. When did we ever think that things that are hard and, and impossible is not the will of God? It's the will of God. Jesus at the garden, you know, take this cup from me, take this cup from me, but your will, your will. Sometimes we think just because it's hard, it's not God. What happened to us? Amen. Come on, because it's hard, it motivates us. Amen. It motivated. This must be God. Hallelujah. Because I'm getting attacked. Amen. Oh, the devil's revealing himself. Before it was all calm and co- and cozy on my heating pad. But now, oh man. Oh, hell breaks loose. Amen, Pastor. Amen. I can imagine what you guys went through before this conference. Amen. Woo. It's great to be in the middle of God's will. Number nine. Crossing over, it is equipped with an increased anointing and a higher authority. Can I say new equipment? New tools. I remember when we first, before we even started our church in Everett, I went over to a church that was part of the fellowship that had Larry Reed. Now this is up here in Everett, Washington. Last time I saw Larry Reed was in Sun Valley, California. He didn't know who I was, but you know. Um, and so we just sat there in the, in the congregation, enjoying his sermon. And he stops in the middle of the sermon. And it was with Hosanna Christian Fellowship. I don't know if you remember them over there in Everett, Hosanna Christian Fellowship, years ago. And, um, and so he stops in the middle of his sermon and looks right at me. Now I didn't. Nobody knows who I was, or my wife. We're just sitting there. We haven't started the church yet. And he says, "Brother, I want to let you know that God, God's, God, uh, called you to start a church in this area." And of course, I got nervous all of a sudden because you know I'm new there, and I don't want the pastor to think that I'm there to rob people or something like. That. You know what I'm saying? I, I was trying to come incognito, you know. And and he didn't know anybody. He pulled. He just he spoke to me, and he said, "And this is what he said." He says, brother, everything that you've learned, everything that you know, throw it out. It's not gonna help you. He says, all you gotta do is just love them. Just love them. Now, you gotta understand where my head was at. I was analytical, everything in order. I already knew that the day I opened, what I'm gonna preach on, what series I'm gonna do. I had it all down, you know, I had it all set up, and you know, and, and how many people can gonna get saved per service, you know what I'm saying? All the whole thing, I had it all, all organized. And he said to me, throw it out, throw it out and, and love them. And I just thought in my head, well, that's doctrinal. Okay, cool. I'll receive it, whatever. <laughs> we start the church and the first converts that come in, gosh, I wish anybody normal came in, but we called it the Camarillo crew. I mean, they were from the uh, a nearby mental institution and they came in. And I'll tell you, it was, you know, they scared people away. There was about five or six or seven of them. I mean, these, these guys were pretty wacky. You know, they were walking back and forth. They were saying amen at the wrong times and, and everything. I mean, it was just one of those, you know, and you're like, you're trying to build a church. Finally, somebody, somebody normal comes in. And they're like looking at them like, what is this place? Halfway through the service, they leave. But through that, that echoed in my spirit. Was that everything I knew was not going to help me. I just need to love them. And I begin to just love them. Appreciate them. Love what God has brought to our church. And taught us such a culture of love. In that body. That I so thank God today. That in in, in ministry today. I, I utterly appreciate. Amen. And from that. Our church developed a culture of love. See, because when crossing over, everything I had, I had to leave behind. Didn't think I had to do that, but I'm glad I did. I'm glad it echoed in my spirit. I'm glad that he was obedient enough to call me out in the middle of everybody and tell that to, tell that to me without even knowing me. And yet, I realize, going to the other side, God doesn't call the equipped, he equips the called. Amen. I want to close with this scripture, 2 Kings chapter 2 verse 6 through 14 and tie this all together. 2 Kings chapter 2 verse 6 says then Elijah said to them this is Elijah's about to go now. Elijah's already telling Elisha that you know what you can't come with me. Stay here. You can't come with me. This is a beautiful picture of somebody who knows the will of God. And he's saying, you know what? You can't come with me. So then we go on to verse 6. He said to him, he says to Elijah, Elijah says to Elijah, stay here for the Lord has sent me onto the Jordan. Don't you see something here, God sent him. He knew God was sending him to the Jordan. But then as the Lord, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, Elijah said, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Now the fifty men of the sons of the prophets went and stood facing them at a distance while the two of them stood by the Jordan. In the Greek, I mean, in the Hebrew, Jordan means to be descended on. To be descended on. Think about that. Every time God is going to do something, He does something by the Jordan. He's about to descend on something. Just a little thought there. Verse 8, now Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up, struck the water, and it was divided this way, and that, and the two, look, look at this. Dr- they walked across dry ground. Dry ground. That's crazy. Verse 9, and so it was when they had crossed over, somebody say crossed over. Elijah said to Elijah, ask what may I do for you before I'm taken away from you? Elijah said... Please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. Verse 10. And he said, you have asked a hard thing. Here, they're crossing over here. You have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. What is he saying here? What's about to happen is going to be a spiritual experience. Not everybody can see. I don't think the 50 men saw that. I don't think they saw it, but these, but he says, if you see it, because the Bible says that when we're born again, we can see the kingdom of God. Are you with me here? See, if we've crossed over, we can see the kingdom of God. Oh, come on. Come on, stay with me here. So in the same he says, if you see it, then you've crossed over. If you see it, then you can have it. Oh. The Bible says here in verse eleven, as it hap- then it happened, as they continued on and talked, that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire, separated the two of them, and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. What happened? Verse twelve. Here's the kicker: Elisha saw it, and he cried out, "My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen." So he saw him no more and he took hold of his own clothes, tore them into two pieces. There's a lot here. But when I think about that, he saw him no more. Hello. It's a new thing. It's a new mandate. I'm not going to continue what Elijah's doing. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. You see that there. He saw him no more. Sometimes we we live in the past too much. Come on. Jesus even made it clear. Greater things we shall do. Amen. Yes, we want to do what Jesus did. But, you know, greater things we shall do. Oh, Jesus. That's just a little thought there. Amen. See, if that coffee kicks in. And he took his own clothes, tore them into two pieces, and he also, verse 13, he took up, he took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him, went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. There it is, descending, descending on. Then he took the mantle of Elijah and it fallen from him, struck the water, and he says, where is the God? Where is the Lord God of Elijah? Let me just stop here because there's something very important. Verse 13 says a word took. Verse 14 says a word took. But two different Hebrew terms. Two different Hebrew words. The first one means to raise. So I want you to see something. In verse, in verse 13, he also took up, he raised, he gave honor, he exalted that mantle. He says, yeah, I'm going to raise it. But later on we see in verse 14 that he took it. See, a lot of times we think that the whirlwind took Elijah, the, the chariot, and, they took, and the, 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 the mantle came floating down and landed on Elijah. That's not true. Landed in front of him. There was something that had to happen inside of him to cross back over. You got to understand this. is that not only that he, he looked at that mantle and he appreciated it, he exalted it, and that's not idolatry, but exalted it. He raised it up, but then he took it. And the other Hebrew term means accepted it. Come on. Are you with me, church? Come on. He accepted it. We got to accept that anointing. We got to accept it. It's not going to fall on you. You got to grab it. And there, there's a lot of spiritual, you know what going on here. You know what I'm saying? To pick that up. Because some people just say, well, you know, well, it it, it didn't, it, it has to land on me. No, you need to grab it. You need to grab it yourself and take it up and accept it. Come on and accept it. And when he also, in verse, he says, when he took it, the mantle of Elijah had fallen from him and struck the water and said these words, where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had struck the water, it was divided this way and that. And Elisha crossed over. He could have stayed on the other side. (laughs) Oh, the chariot has taken my father. I can't go on anymore. My pastor died. i got to go find another church. Oh, it's quiet. Who's going to pick it up? Who's going to take that mantle? Amen. Because it's right in front of you. Oh, Jesus. But what is he saying here? Crossing over. He's, he's not challenging God in any way. He's, it's a prayer and a promise. He says, where is the Lord God of Elijah? And he strikes the water. He's saying, you know what? The same God. This is this is what he's saying in a statement of prayer. And asking for the promises of God of Elijah. All the things that you've done in Elijah's life. His provision. His protection. The miracles. Everything you did. I call out on that God. It's the same way that in where he God introduced himself. I am the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. What is he saying? He's saying, I am the God that worked in Abraham's life, in Isaac's life, in Jacob's life. And I am your God today. Yeah. Think about this. So it is a prayer and it is a promise that he goes crossing over with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This is... Why he said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? So when we cross over, we go over with the promises of God. Amen. We might not have the equipment. We might not have the know-how. But you know what? We know God is over on that other side. Because if we stay where we're at, he's not here no more. That's a scary place to be. Come on. We can sit here and memorialize the movement of God. Or we can go and cross over with the promises that God has for our lives. Amen. And I promise to close with this scripture. I'll just read it. Hebrews 13, 20 to 21. Mia, just apply Hebrews 13, 20 to 21. Now the God of peace. Amen. Pastor Joe. The God of peace. That brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus. That great shepherd of the sheep. That's who you go with. Through the blood of the everlasting covenant. Verse 21. Make you perfect, meaning complete, in every good work to do his will. (laughs) Working in you. That which is well pleasing in his sight. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Father, we thank you. Thank you that, Lord, you're working things out in us. Thank you, Lord God, for speaking into our lives yesterday, this morning, and today. Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. Oh, God. Lord, your will and your way. Lord, we say yes. To your will. Lord God reveal. Your will to our lives. Forgive us. For the busyness of our lives. Lord we pray in Jesus name. Lord put that in our spirit. I know that there's some Joshua's in this house. There's some Caleb's in this house. When everybody around are saying no way. There's giants. Lord we thank you for the Joshua's and the Caleb's. Oh, that don't lose sight of the promise. That don't lose sight of who you are. Lord, and I thank you. I thank you for that. Oh, God, I thank you. Oh, Jesus. Thank you for leading us into the unknown. But we know, God, you are not unknown. Hallelujah. You are not unknown. They know who you are. We thank you, Father. So, Lord, we say in our hearts, we cross over by your prompting. We cross over by your will, by your invitation, knowing that you're the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We thank you for that history. We embrace that history. You're the same yesterday, today, today. forever thank you Jesus oh Jesus we thank you let's stand to our feet this morning or this afternoon so appreciate the messages